Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of My Independence Report. I cannot believe that May is over already. Seems like Christmas just got here and went. And uh, this is Memorial Day. So if you are, or a loved one served our country, I want to thank you very much from the bottom of my heart uh, that uh, you, did a, you did an awesome thing for all of us, and we really, really appreciate it. So having said that, we have got a hell of a, a heck of a, we've got a wonderful show for you today. <laughs> and... And I got, I got to tell you, uh, Allison Roberts is with us, and we're going to talk about what she does, which is really unique and pretty pretty awesome. So, Allison, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you. I'm really good. I'm so happy to be here. And you're right, it's Memorial Day. So, you know, I'm working today, but not as hard as I normally work. So, yeah. So here we are. I know. I had to grab you when you were available because your availability is rather limited. It is. You're very, <laughs> you're a very busy person. Um, so let's let's talk about you a little bit. You are well. The first thing I have to ask you is, how long ago did you pick up Napoleon Hill's book? I was 19, and I'm 56. So. No, you can't be 56. I am. Boy, boy, I tell you, that auto shop really does. <laughs> auto shop or whatever it is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, you, you look awesome. Thank you, you. You know, I credit my parents because um, they both, uh, my dad, um, my, my father just passed away, but everybody thought he was like 70 and he was 91. And okay. my, my mother's in her 80s and everyone thinks she's like 60. So I get it from them. Good genes. Yep. That's that's awesome. Well, you picked you picked the right people to be born to, so that uh, you. I did, because you got a long, long time to go. Because you are uh, very uplifting, and you're very busy, and you're helping a lot of people, and that's and that's a really cool thing. And why I'm happy to have you on the podcast. Didn't always was excuse me wasn't always that way though, was it? It, it yeah. started it started out rather difficultly, and uh, to tell us about the, that part. Yeah. So speaking of my parents, um, I am the product actually of an affair. And so, yeah. So, um, you know, my parents were my, my adopted dad, um, and my mother, needless to say, when I came along, uh, surprise. Yeah. And surprise. And, and just like, Here's proof that we're really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting about that is in those days, they kept that stuff real hush-hush. Yep. So Especially considering that my, my biological father uh, was the minister of one of the largest churches in Atlanta, Georgia at the time. So yeah, to keep it hush hush is an understatement. That's that's newspaper material right there. It, it actually did make the newspaper. <laughs> so so you were born and you were famous right from the get go. Right. Yep. Right from the start. Yep. <laughs> so it started with an affair, but at one point, uh, I read in your bio that you were pregnant. Yep. Homeless. Yep. Living in your car. Yes. That must have been a horrific moment in time. Um, yeah, Kevin, it was. So, and, and it's crazy how the whole thing just kind of happened. And I know that people, you know, don't think that homelessness can just happen, but it really can just kind of happen. So I was engaged to be married. Um, I failed a pregnancy test and, um, I told my fiance that I was pregnant and he was overjoyed. Like we celebrated, we were jumping up and down and so happy. Um, but his parents had a completely different 
uh, perspective on my pregnancy. So his father pulled me aside and gave me a check and told me to go and have an abortion. And listen, I am not one of these like pro-lifer crazy people. I, I believe, and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but there are some people who believe like no, no abortion, no matter what. Um, but you know, our, our baby was conceived out of love and I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it, you know? So, uh, I went to the clinic and I was, I almost went through with it. And at the very last minute I was like, this is, this is crazy. I can't do this. And so I left there, um, and I wasn't honest. And I told my fiance that I'd gone through with the abortion, which was wrong. Um, and then like two weeks later, the morning sickness kicked in and I was like throwing up and he was like, I knew that you didn't go through with it because you're not upset enough. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't upset even. I mean, he was not upset with me for lying. He was not upset with me about anything, but he told his dad again. And the second time he told his father, I was at school, I was in college, and I came home to change the locks. Oh. Well, now, so you grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, is that right? I did. That's that. Atlanta, Georgia, right there is a bastion of, uh, of uh, um, uh, Christianity and also conservatism, and they don't yeah. take kindly to that sort of that sort of thing at all. And they're not no. very loving and very forgiving about that kind of thing. So no, and no. That, must, that must have been just I, my heart goes out to you. That, uh, that thank I'm, you. I'm glad that we can fast forward 30 years later to where you are today, because you know I believe that every moment of our life is pivotal in the next moment in our life. And if you hadn't had that, you might not be where you are today. Well, and and what's crazy, Kevin, is that. I went from, you know, our, my fiance and I's house, I, I left there and I went to, I went back home to my mother's house. Uh, and again, I didn't tell her that I was pregnant until after a month or so. And she did the exact same thing to me. She changed the locks. <sighs> I know. So I had it happen twice to me within like a month and a half span of time. So it was January. It was freezing. People don't think that Atlanta gets cold, but it does. It gets very, very cold at night. It gets really, uh, even sometimes during the day. I mean, like we can have, you know, our highs can be, you know, under freezing sometimes. So I sat in my mom's driveway in my 1978 Volkswagen Beetle. And I was like, okay, God, what's the deal? You know, this is like, I don't understand if, if you want me to go and have an abortion, you got to like, give me, I mean, is this like a sign? Am I supposed to go in and like, get rid of this pregnancy? I don't understand. Like I was talking out loud, like saying all this in my car, like, I don't understand what's happening. And I just, I, I just felt this voice inside of me and it just, the voice just said, Allison, just drive back to school. So I drove back to school and um, I was going to Georgia State at the time and uh, I pulled into parking garage and parked my Volkswagen and sat there and was just like, okay. And then I just heard, go to sleep, just go to sleep. And so for three weeks, I lived in my car and I, every single morning I would just say, what now? Go to school, go to class. And then at the end of the day, what now? Go back to your car, go to sleep. And, um, I was my, uh, one of my professors had given me think and grow rich. So every night in my car, I was reading the book. It's Napoleon Hill. And for those of you who aren't familiar, first of all, you need to get the book and read it. It will change your life. And secondly, it's all about mindset. And so I would just picture myself warm and loved and cared for and, uh, on the, on the night that 
uh, I was rescued from my car, I really was giving up. I mean, I was just like, God, I can't. I mean, I was hungry. I was freezing. I was really pregnant. Um, I was just like, I can't. I can't do this much longer. I don't know what I'm going to do. And not much longer after that, maybe 30 minutes, there was a knock on my window and it was my professor. And he was just like, Allison, I've told my wife about you. I figured out that you're living in your car. Um, you need to follow me home. And I was like, I can't follow you. I don't have any gas in my car. So he put me in his truck and off we went. And I'm just going to tell you like, Kevin, I don't know if you, if you believe in, in humans that are like just better than normal, but he was one of those people. He was just better than normal. It, it, it a couple of things. First of all, I can't imagine sleeping in a VW bug. <laughs> oh, it's just a, it wasn't a bus. It was a car. Yeah. It was a beetle. Yeah. It's a little beetle there. Yeah. Little beetle. Yeah. It wasn't even the super beetle. Um, so it was just the little beetle and also being, uh, I've, my wife had uh, a couple of boys, so I know that when you're eight months pregnant, that you have to use the restroom a lot because they're, your bladder's the size of a pea now and, and stuff. So, and be, not having facilities and, and that, that must've been just awful, just horrible for you. Yeah. So I was. By the time that, that he got me out of the car, um, I was four months pregnant, but you still have to pee a lot. I mean, even at four months pregnant, you have to pee a lot. And, and it was really, it was really uncomfortable. Um, and you know, just the, the biggest thing that I can say about it is that, you know, the shame that comes with living in your car. Oh yeah. You know, it's just a lot of shame. It's like, wow, how I kept asking, like every day I would ask myself, like how in the world did I end up in this situation? Like I just couldn't wrap my brain around the hatred and the, and the ugliness, you know, of two people that, well, my mom was in a whole nother bag of, potato chips, but my fiance and I were like, we had been friends first before we, before we became engaged. And I was like, you know, this man that I was going to marry and spend the rest of my life with just banished me to homelessness. Like I, I just couldn't wrap my brain around it. I, I, you know, there are, yeah, you're right. To, to answer your previous question, they're right. There are angels among us. There are people that have it pulls at their soul to not do the right thing. Right. And so they do the right thing because it's important for them to do it. And yeah. God, that man was there for you. Oh my and gosh. And his wife too. I mean, both of them were incredible. And and the coolest part, there's a lot of cool parts to the story, but one of the things um that kind of blows my mind is, and I know that this happened to me because, you know. God uses me every single day now um, uh, to help people understand how powerful we are. But in that car, I kept imagining, uh, for whatever reason, uh, curtains with tiny little flowers on them. And when the professor and his wife opened the guest bedroom door, um, there were curtains with little flowers, flowers on them. Yes, indeed. It, it was, it was ordained. It was, it was, it was, it, it was, and it, it turned out to be the perfect thing. So, so you went through the pregnancy and you had, you had the baby. What did you have? I had a boy, I had a son and um, he was born physically handicapped, which was really difficult. And it took the doctors a lot of convincing me that I didn't do anything wrong and that being homeless and living in my car was not what caused his deformity. Um, but he's had 17 surgeries. Uh, oh, geez. Yeah. But um, I had already made the decision to place him for adoption because I was just in no position to be a mom at that point. Um, but it was a closed adoption. And I 
you know, I had to accept the fact that I was never going to see him again. So I was in my hospital room the night before I was supposed to sign all the papers. And then one of the nurses came in and sat down with me and I was like, I can't, I, I can't do this. You know, I can't, I can't leave him. And so she was like, you know, well, let's talk about this. Like, where are you going to live? How are you going to feed him? And she watched me through it again. I was like, you're right. But after she left my room, I was just, you know, I got down on the floor. I was just sitting in the corner looking up at the ceiling and I was just like, I, you know, God, I don't know what to do. I, I, I don't know what to do. And I just felt in my spirit that I needed to just go through th with the adoption. And that same voice that was just like, just get in the car, just drive back to school. I heard if you sign the papers, you'll see him again. And this was a closed adoption in 1985. Like there was no, like sending pictures or even knowing first names or anything. So I signed the papers and I went through with the adoption. And then 24 years later, that same voice woke me up in the middle of the night and was like, Allison, you need to find him. It's time. So I contacted the adoption agency and, um, you know, they, they, they weren't trying to talk me out of it, but she kept saying, you know, you, are going to be really disappointed. It's going to take like so many years. And, you know, are you sure that you want to go through with this? And I was like, I'm positive that I want to go through with this. And that the very next day um, she called me and we ended up faxing our paperwork in at the exact same time. That's amazing. That's yeah. All right. Who was a little voice who <laughs> kept bothering you? <laughs> You know, I think that it's God. I really do. I agree. Um, you know, I I believe very much in, you know, higher powers and that we have, you know, an invisible um, force, an invisible team that is there to help us and guide us and, and walk us through our next step. Um, there's so many distractions that sometimes – I know a lot of people have a really hard time tapping into it. Um, I also believe that a lot of people's pain keeps them from tapping in to, you know, a lot of people think, well, you know, if there's God, then why do bad things happen and, and all of that thing? And it's because we're not robots, we're people and we have free will and we can do whatever we want. But that's a whole nother conversation. But I definitely believe it's God, Kevin, for sure. Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I, I also agree that we have a whole team of people on the other side that are there specifically to work with us and to help us through. And I think that when you were going through that period in time, they were so it was so important for them to support you that they actually broke through the veil a little bit so that you could actually hear them uh, through all of the grief and through all of the, the troubles that, that you were in. And that, and because they knew based upon recent evidence that, that uh, you were going to do something special and they wanted you to do that something special with your life. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I really believe that wholeheartedly. You can see me getting emotional. Um, I don't, I'm emotional. Your story is <laughs> your story is amazing. Yeah, I I think that you know people ask. I mean, I'm asked a lot, like why me, and you know, um, why do I think that God chose me and all that kind of stuff um, to do this work? I don't know. That's my. I mean, my honest. I I think that I, because I'm willing. You know, I think we have to be willing first. Um, I have been intuitive my whole life uh, growing up in a, my, my household was extremely violent and um, you know, my mom was, was a horrible uh, abuser and, and I, you know, my adopted dad was like not emotionally available for me. Um, and so, you know, I just think that I was willing to have helpers and, you know, when I was like two and three and four years old, I remember visually seeing angels. I mean, I could actually see them. 
Yeah, that when you're when you're that age, you haven't you you haven't had the amnesia set in completely, and you right. can still feel the other side, and you can and you still have that connection there because it wasn't that long ago that you were there, and uh, and so right. the, those folks are all together with you, and it's and then for some reason about the age of five, it tends to fade a little bit, which is really too bad. I wish it would stay, but you for you, you're intuitive. And uh, um, and so you felt them, and you felt the the love that they that you weren't getting at home. They provided you with the love that you needed. Yeah, and sanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanity was the big thing because I'm so sensitive. Um, I have such a sensitive heart and soul, and so I really do believe that would have gone insane had I not had the spiritual help that I had. Awesome. So let's let's fast forward. When, when did you decide after after this episode, when did you decide that you were going to become a speaker and an emotional coach and and a spiritual advisor and and all of the things that you've become? Uh, was that did that kind of set you on the path? It did set me on the path for sure. Um, and, and I think uh, being a survivor of, of childhood abuse. Uh, you know, it, it set me definitely on the path because I did come out of it. Um, I mean, you know, I started therapy uh, as soon as my son was conceived. And as soon as I got out of that car, it was a requirement for the adoption agency. But I'm really, really glad that it was because, um, you know, I had a spiritual therapist um, not religious, but spiritual therapist, um, which was unheard of back in the eighties for a therapist to be talking about, you know, fairies and angels and all this stuff. But, you know, I think either she was trying to make sure that we were, that I felt safe or something, but, um, she called me a unicorn and, you know, I think that just, it was during that time when I was like, wow, you know, she, first of all, she made me see that I'm, I wasn't alone. There's, you know, there's 18 million child abuse survivors um, in the United States alone. That doesn't even count other countries. Um, and so, you know, to know that, that, you know, there's 17,999,999 other people um, who you know, experienced something of what I did on some level and that I could help them. And that, that, that's what drives, that was the driving force. Then um, it's, it's my driving force. Now it's my driving force every single day. It gets me out of bed in the morning. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have to say the, the, uh, the excitement of helping people, which is, which is what, this podcast really is at, at its fundamental core. What it's all about is for bringing people like you to these people so that they can, if we can together, you and I change one person's life. Yep. And this hour has been worth it. And the, as many times as it's going to be viewed over time, we will have an impact, a positive impact on the lives of people. So I get where I get where you're coming from. It is the most important work that we have to do it is. to help each other. I mean, it absolutely is, Kevin, because here's the thing. Like so many people think that they are their circumstances, you know, right. and they label themselves. And I, you know, I labeled myself. I, I mean, I actually fell prey to that label, too, of like, you know, survivor of child abuse. That's a that's a heavy label you know, to carry around and you can't pivot too much when you're carrying that label around. I mean, your mindset will make you think that, you know, you're, you're just not worthy to have much of anything. Um, so if, you know, what I can say to anyone that's watching right now or the replay later is that, you know, you are not your pain and anything that you've been through, I promise you, it's only made you strong and capable and, you know, you can you can turn that into power. And it's it's a it's a fantastic, amazing journey to go on when you go in that direction. It, it, it is. And, and people like you are the ones that are driving, driving the goodness in the world in a positive direction. 
And and I personally would like to thank you very much for the work that you do. Oh, you're welcome. You're so welcome. It is, it is so awesome. Now you are a transformational case. If you were to, if we were to label your gifts and what you do, how would you describe yourself? I am a cognitive behavioral expert who also incorporates spirituality. I wish I could say that. that, would, that the cognitive, but any, any, any event. So you, <laughs> <laughs> you've also got, you've also got this, uh, um, thing hold on just a second this this caught my eye and i thought it was really wonderful that your system of personalized science yes the brain work and uh, spirituality discuss that the personalized um uh, science what what is that yeah so there is a there's a science to our brain obviously so we have two main sections of our brain that are operating at all, you know, at all times. And it's the subconscious and the conscious. We think 65,000 thoughts a day. It's crazy. (laughs) That's a lot. It's a lot. And only 3% of them are conscious thoughts. Oh, wow. Yeah. Subconsciously, that kind of is driving the boat a little bit. It's driving the boat. Right. And so the subconscious brain only knows the past. And it, it only can draw from the past. The conscious brain is the only part of our brain that is aware of the future and aware of the present. So every decision that we make, if we're not being cognitive about it, conscious about it, then we're just repeating the past over and over and over again. So that's why some women who get a divorce marry the same guy in a different suit over and over and over again because the, uh, they they can't get past their past right and men too at men too yes for men though a lot of it is like job yes so a man will you know get into a job um be really excited about it 8 months in or 12 months in realize that it's not feeding them. And so instead of trying to change this, <laughs> they change jobs. And then they're eight to 12 months later, it's the same situation all over again. Instead of trying to fix this, they change jobs. So for women, it's men usually, and for men, it's money usually. And and uh, I'm laughing because I have a close relative who will go nameless that uh, um, that is that does that incessantly. It's like yep. I'm excited, Dad. It's a great job. Oh, I just said who he is. Anyway, I'm excited, Dad. <laughs> it's a great job, and I'm looking forward to it. And eight to twelve months in, it's like I hate my boss. You know, yep. da, 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 da. and then I'm so I'm going to leave and do something. And and it's like you got to you you got to take a stand and and be happy where you are, or you're never going to be happy. Right. You have to fix it though. Yes. How do you fix it? Well, you fix it through. Um, so, okay. So we'll go through this. We have time. So yeah, we got lots of time. Yeah. So cognitive behavior is a, an outside circumstance happens. And then you have a thought, which leads to a feeling, which leads to an action, which gives you your result. Yep. Yep. That's how the brain works. It works with everything from gasoline to cheeseburgers to women. It works. It work. It works the exact same way. So what I teach is to heal the pain that your subconscious mind is making the decisions from, because what your subconscious mind believes is that if you do it a different way, you'll get a different result. This is why people join different gyms and go on different diets and date different people and work at different places because the subconscious brain actually believes that you can just do it differently. If you do it different, you're going to get a different result. Well, we know that that's not true. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result is insanity. So I teach people how to be sane. And the way to be sane is to heal your past 
so that your current decisions that you're making are conscious, awake ones. That's what I teach. And then that's the science part. And then the spirituality part is that if you just do the science, um, it can, life can be really become, it can become very robotic and, and extremely stressful. Right. Um, so that's why I incorporate the spiritual part of it. And I don't care if this is someone's higher power to me. I don't care if it's the ink in your pen or Jesus or Buddha or mother Teresa. I don't care who your higher power is, but I do teach to, to start tapping into something that is greater than ourselves because when we're having a really difficult time, we won't believe in the magic if we're not tapped into it. You're right. You have to believe. I, I, you got to believe in something. Something. Life would be so awful. Uh, awful. If you didn't believe in anything and if you thought everything was just a random act and you had no control and you had you had no self no uh, um um self control or no you know your free will and it's just this is my life sucks and it's going to suck till the day I die. Yeah. That's just a hell of a way to live. It's horrible. It says it's just sad. Yeah, it is. It is. And and a lot of that is driven by our subconscious is is that yes. right? Mhm. And so when it's, it's, it's driven by those little voices, I, I, I call them the stories that we create. Yeah. We create these stories based upon what we consider to be evidence, which is the past. Um, I carried around with me for a long time, something that a six-year-old boy said to me one time, and, and I took it as truth. And then I had to analyze it and go, he's a six-year-old boy. What the hell does he know? Right. Exactly. And, and, but a lot of people will, they want to, they'll disassociate with where it came from, but they just take the, what was said. And like in your case, your mother was, your mother was abusive. Your, your father, your stepfather was distant. And so you took the fact, those two facts that you weren't loved. Right. Oh, for sure. 10,000%. And, and. Or and, lovable. Or lovable. Say, yeah. And, and so uh, for a lot of people that leads to bad relationships, bad mm -hmm. marriages, bad work environments. Um, all So you got to clean all that stuff up, right? You do. You have to, you know, you have to sit with your pain. And a lot of people that work with me. Um, so I have a, a, I have a six month coaching program. Um, and, you know, people are like, Allison, you should just turn it into a year because people, uh, they come in and then they just stay. <laughs> but <laughs> They, you know, when they first come in, everybody wants like the quick fix, you know, just give me the new mindset, Allison. And I'm like, whoa, you got to sit with your pain. And they're like, no, <laughs> no, don't make me. <laughs> pain. Oh, no. It's kind of like the Spanish Inquisition that you're, <laughs> you're down in the dungeon. Yeah, you it's, it's but here's the thing. You're walking in the pain anyway. You're just not facing it. And so it's incredible. Like, you know, you're, these people are hurting. You're hurting every single day anyway. So if you don't ever face it, you're just going to keep hurting every single day anyway. So I teach people how to sit with their pain and face their pain. And then a week later, that pain is, it's not cured, but it's so much better. Is is that because the, as they sit in their pain and they realize that some of it's real, but a lot of it isn't? Right. Some of it's real. A lot of it isn't. Um, people will realize that, you know, it's older than their great, great grandmother's underwear. And, you know, how is it serving them? <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a visual for you. <laughs> You're right. And, and, and a lot of a lot of it is. <laughs> about about our when we're growing up as kids and what was told to us i still carry around stuff that was told oh, yeah. to me as a kid and it's hard it's it's hard to get through it but once you do you can then lead the life that you were destined to lead and that's where the spirituality comes in isn't it 
It is where the spirituality comes in. It's also where the forgiveness comes in because you can't just forgive. That's the other F word. Yeah. The other F word. You cannot just, you cannot just forgive. And I'm sorry. There may be people on here who disagree with me, um, but spend some time with me and you'll start to understand what I'm talking about. But forgiveness is cognitive. And what I mean by that is that you have to go through an entire process of forgiveness. It's not just, oh, you're forgiven. It's a process of forgiving. And it's deep. It's a deep journey to do that. But gosh, I mean, once people actually go through the cognitive process and they've actually really forgiven someone and not just blowing smoke out of their mouth, then they're free. They're free. And it, they don't carry around that ball and chain that has been, uh, they've right. been carrying around for maybe years. Right. And they don't repeat the patterns. And they can set, you know, it's, it, isn't it? Do you find that we, your clientele, when they get to a certain point and they, and their eyes open up and suddenly it's a, a moment of clarity and a moment of true freedom. And then they realize they can do anything that they want. Yes. Yes. And that, that has got to be the most satisfying thing in the world is to watch people go through that process. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had clients lose a hundred pounds. I've had clients leave corporate America that thought that they would never leave corporate America. I've had people get married who never, ever thought that they would find love again. Um, I've had single women, um, you know, that couldn't find love, just decide that they're, that God had a different mission for them other than to get married and have kids. And now they have these big, big things going on, these big nonprofits and these big missions and, and found love and got married. But it's like, you know, if they hadn't done the big thing first, so it wouldn't have led them to like their true love and all that. So the, it, it's just incredible to watch people transform. That's what it is. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a transformative journey of just like you were one place and believed that you were always going to be in that place. And then you do the work and you end up in a completely different place that you never thought you would be able to experience. It's so fun. I can, I can only imagine the, uh, uh, how heartwarming it is for you because this is your passion. This is, this is, you pour every ounce of energy that you have into it and, and you do it and, and, and the money I, I imagine is secondary. Um, the, it's, it's, it's the moment in time and the, the, the things that you create and, and how you're able to help people live more authentically and, and just to live better. You are awesome. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're, I you're, accept and receive. Yeah. <laughs> I accept and receive. You know, and, and I, we need to talk about that because, because that is an important piece of your transformation is when somebody says, oh, you're really cool. Oh, no, I'm not. I've got that. I did, and you poo-poo it and you, and you don't accept it. Right. Then, then you, if you don't accept it, you can't have it. Exactly. Yep, Exactly. 10,000% true. So if you, you need to, you need to have enough faith in yourself to accept who you are and that it's okay. Yeah. And, and it's going to be, it's going to be fine, but people need someone like you to verify it and to validate it for them so that they can, so that they can have, get rid of the fear about making those changes because fear is a big part of it, isn't it? Yeah, and I don't think that we ever get rid of it. I just think that we we repackage it. And um, we control it better. Yeah, we control it, and and we understand that it's just part of the process. Because here's the thing: our brain hates change. That's why lottery winners go back to being poor. It's because their brain can't wrap around. That's why people lose weight. But if they don't do the mindset work, they gain it all back again. And then some. It's why people, you know, will will do all these incredible things. But if they're not doing if they're not doing the work so that their brain can catch up to what they're doing, 
the brain will always take them back to the capacity that it can handle. And so, Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So I was just going to say that, you know, fear doesn't, fear is always there. Um, but it just, I teach people how to recognize it as inspired fear or just the fear that has always been there. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I, you know, the, this gastric bypass surgery, I've had uh, like five or six or seven people that I know that have had that surgery. Mm-hmm. They lost a hundred pounds yep. and then I see them two years later and they've picked up 120 pounds. Yeah. Even though they, because it's, it's in their mind that they can't be skinny. And then there are other people that no matter how skinny you are, you're still fat. Right. Because of the mindset that they have. Right. We are yeah. a screwed up species. You know, <laughs> you know that. Well, it's, it's tribal. Um, you know, shame is a human condition. And uh, if anybody, if you've li- ever listened to Brene Brown, she, she explains it really, really well. Um, you know, shame is the, the definition of shame is that there's innately something wrong with us. Well, we did that. Uh, we, we did that to ourselves, you know, when, when we were tr- in tribes, when we were cave people, uh, because if you left the tribe, you died. Right. Or if they kicked you out. Right. Or if they kicked you out, you died. Right. So shame was the ingredient that for sure worked. I'm going to say something a little uh, of, of, of non-politically correct here. And I also believe that in, in that a lot of um, religious organizations use the same tactic. Oh, yeah. Everybody in line. Yes. Yeah. Politics too. Politics yeah, shames absolutely. too. You know, shame is powerful. It's shame is a is a powerful, powerful tool uh, to use. And so, our, so just imagine, just imagine <laughs> that you know you're walking around every day, and if you're not doing mind work, you know, sixty three thousand of the thoughts that you're thinking are shame based. You're so stupid. You know, you're so stupid. You can't do that. That's the dumbest thing you've ever done. Don't look in the mirror. You have wrinkles. Oh my God. There's too much fat on your booty. Oh, you know, you're not good enough for him. You're not good enough for her. Don't go to the boss. Don't ask for a raise. You're not going to, you'll never get, I mean, like all of the thoughts that just are automatic because, you know, your reptilian's job is to keep you alive and to keep you safe. And so it's shaming you so that you don't leave. <laughs> it's shaming you so that you don't change because you, so that you don't leave your life because your brain doesn't know how to keep you alive if you're any different. So that's, you've got to do the brain work. I can't drive that home enough. I had an, I have an associate and uh, we recently just started working together and uh, um and I made a comment to her and she said, well, you know, sometimes I'm just so stupid. And I looked and I, and I looked at her and I said, um, you, I never want to hear that word come out of your mouth again about, yeah, no. about you because thoughts become actions, become reality. Yes. And if you believe you're stupid, guess what? Yes. Everybody's going to confirm that for you. Yep. If, if you believe you're smart, everybody's going to confirm that too. Yes. It is 10,000% true. And it's just, it's, it's amazing how we, and, and the, the, the icky part is those thoughts didn't generate with her. They generated from a, a conversation or something that somebody told her that at one point in time. Oh and, yeah, for sure. And yeah, so, or they inferred it yes. or they didn't say what she needed them to say. So she made it up in her own head. <clears throat> Yeah. We're capable of it. We're capable of amazing things. We're powerful. <laughs> and but we can be be powerful in a positive way and we can be powerful in a negative way. Absolutely. And more yeah. people, unfortunately, I believe more people feel like it's easier to be positive or powerful in a negative way and to gossip and to uh, talk badly about other people and to hate yep. and have division and just 
oddly, that's kind of the subtitle of the show. Hate, division, and fear. We need to get rid of all of that. And you're doing that in your work. And because those things are very detrimental to us as a species. They are. And so it's yeah. important. Yeah. And, you know, it's um, one of the things that, that I was thinking about when you were talking about this woman is, you know, we we will seek others too. like we our brain seeks accomplices. And this is why groups are so powerful, too, is because we seek those people who are like us, who are like minded. So. I tell people all the time, like the more, the more work like this that you can do and you start breaking cycles, like with your, with your kids so that they can break cycles with their kids and so on. We can change the future of our world. Um, but we certainly can't do it if we're walking around in shame and guilt and hatred and prejudice and all of those things. Like that's not going to change the world for a better for the. It's going to change the world, but not in the direction we want to go. No. So, so do you, do you subscribe to the seven generation theory? That yes. uh, and describe that for our audience. So the seven generation theory is that you know the 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 original you know quote unquote sins behaviors uh, of the father, you know, carry down, carry down, carry down, carry down, carry down. And then the eighth generation is supposedly, you know, the, the chain breaker of all of that. Um, while I do believe that's true, I've also seen where it's gone past seven generations and I've seen where it's been broken before before it's it should have or was supposed to and that is all definitely with mindset for sure so when uh, we're talking about and we've talked about uh, child abuse so when we talk about child abuse and we talk about a child being abused that child tends to grow up and then abuses the next generation on and on and on and it can tra transcend seven generations but some, somebody's got to consciously break the pattern yeah and yeah. And you know, the, the beauty of it is, um, is that, you know, I, I broke the cycle. My sister broke the cycle. Um, my other sister broke the cycle and my brother broke the cycle. So it's, um, it can't, it can be done. It's, um, it takes work though. I mean, I think that sometimes people think that, you know, oh, it'll just happen. You know, it doesn't just happen. Everything takes conscious effort. So you've got to, you've got to rally the 3% of your conscious thoughts into a positive direction and quiet the 68,000 that are in the background. Um, learn a new language for them. Ah, Yeah. They don't get quiet. They just don't trigger you anymore with this work. They're still there. You know, you'll hear something like, Ooh, your booty looks big in those jeans or whatever. And you'll say, yeah, but some people like that, you know, and you'll believe it and you'll believe it, you know? And so it's my work is not just like walking around stating a bunch of affirmations because affirmations don't work unless you believe them. So my work literally changes minds. Because it has to in order to be successful. Yes. And you're as successful as, as you can be because of that. I have to say, <laughs> I have to say, I've been I've been sitting here looking at you and, and the sign behind you, and you've got one of my favorite sayings in the world by the gospel according to Paul McCartney, which is let it be. Let it be. It's it's that's truly amazing. Uh, I I firmly believe that you just have to just let it be and enjoy the ride and watch it unfold because it's gonna if you believe it's gonna unfold well it will if you believe it's gonna be go ahead yeah and and let it be for me is just like stay in your own lane Ugh. you know mind your own business you know if if the neighbor is, you know, 
doing something and you don't like it, if it's not breaking the law or hurting animals or people, <laughs> then just let, you know, let it be for an hour or two or three or four and just see what happens. But so many of us, Kevin, do not know how to stay in our own lane. <laughs> uh, no, no. See, it's not nearly as much fun to stay in your own lane as it is to talk badly about everybody else. Did you see what Rose did? Did you see what she was wearing? Yes. My God, whatever. Yes, exactly. It is. So, 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 Allison, somebody is going to want to work with you. How do they get a hold of you? The best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website, which is allisonroberts.com. The other way that they can um, experience me face to face is I'm holding a live event in October. Um, cool. It's virtual or in person. So it was just going to be in person. And then I was like, oh, I know some people are still uncomfortable with the whole crowd COVID thing. So we added a virtual option and they can go to behindthepowerevent.com. And right. I would love, love, love to see them there. I love that. Behindthepower.com. Behindthepowerevent. Oh, Behindthepowerevent. And that'll, we'll put that on the uh, uh, podcast as well as the uh, YouTube so that so right. that whoever needs that. And I'm also a firm believer that just like you discovered Napoleon Hill, for me, it was a, a guy by the name of Dr. Michael Newton, and he was a, he was a hypn, hypnotherapist. But there are things and there are people that are going to reach out to you. So you, this podcast is going to find its way to who needs it. And that's, and that's my fervent uh, belief that, that this, this podcast will find its way to somebody that is saying, I'm, I suck. I'm terrible. I don't know what to do and I don't know how to get out of it. Breaks um, my heart. Yeah. yeah, it does. Cause it, I mean, like literally that literally hurts me. Yeah. Well, and one of the things you don't know about me is prior to doing this, I was a city bus driver for 11 years. Oh, wow. <laughs> funny, funny thing was, I could never get anybody. I said, you know, this bus driving is not a bad job. And I couldn't ever get anybody to believe that. Uh, but you see some of the, the most horrific things of what humans are capable of doing to not only each other, but to themselves. And it's, it, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. To, to watch all of that because it's terrible. It is. And 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 you can't. There are people do you, now. Let me ask you: Do you find that there are people that you just can't reach? Yeah, I mean, you know, my the people that I work with, like the ideal person that I work with, is someone whose life looks amazing on paper, but they but they are miserable. You know, they're there every morning. They feel they're, you know, the 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 very first thing that they say when they wake up, you know, is "Oh God" or "Oh no" or, you know, expletive, but expletive. Um, so, you know, that's they they just there's something missing, and they they have a lot of anxiety. Um, they have a lot of fear. They're afraid to make changes in their lives, you know, they're, they're just, they're just riddled with, you know, everything that's, that's bad, but everyone thinks they're great. And they walk around saying, I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm great. I'm fine. And they, but they feel like a complete, you know, fraud. I cannot reach the people who want to be rescued. That's, those are the unreachable people, the people that, that want me to give them a pill or wave a magic wand over their head. I can't reach people who aren't willing to do the work. You have to do the work and you have to do it. That, that is, that is so true that, and you know, there are lots of folks that, uh, that would like to have a pill and so just make me better, just make yeah. it better for me. And, but it's, but it's a process, isn't it? it? It's, it's a process. Yes. And it takes a long time to change your mindset. Because because I still get negative thoughts about about myself and stuff, but now I analyze them and I and I say no, that, that's probably not true, because I couldn't do what I'm doing if if I if I didn't believe that what I was doing was right. 
Yeah, and was and was capable of making capable of making a difference. It's it's just amazing. So let's go through your information again. I want to make sure that everybody is there in October, right? Yeah, October. It's behindthepowerevent.com. And, you know, you can find how to reach me if you go to that website as well. There's a way to reach me through that website. But also allisonroberts.com too, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Very good. And there's and I've been through the website and there's a way to contact her and you can find out how to work with her and, and the, the programs that she operates. And I, I just have to say for, for myself and for you that are listening, if you don't feel like if if when you wake up every morning you're not excited about what's good that day is going to bring and you're excited about, and you're not excited about life because what you said yeah, about about people that put on this the facade of everything's okay and i'm great and stuff like that i have had people like that in my life that have committed suicide yeah. and then we're sitting there going i don't know i didn't see anything wrong did you see anything wrong no he seemed fine to me he was there. and and but they're in such a level of pain underneath all of that that they can't get out of it and yeah. that's if you are in that place you need to go to allisonroberts.com because she can help you live or if you know somebody that's in that level of pain um you she can help you help yourself can't fix yeah. it but you she she can give you the tools that so the and and the um and the the blueprint on how you can fix it yourself right absolutely yep Allison, I got to tell you, I, this has been one of the most fun interviews, the, the best time I've had in a very long time. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so happy. I really enjoyed my time with you. It was, it was fun. And and just I can tell that you operate from your heart space. That's really uplifting. I do. And and uh, um, I, I, at least I try to and stuff. But what makes me what makes me so what's really turns my boat, if you will, or my crank or whatever, <laughs> is that we're doing this today this is the 31st of may and in two years this is going to be somebody's going to tune into this and it's going to change their life and we, neither you nor i are going to well you will, will because they're going to contact you but I <laughs> yeah and i'm not going anywhere so i'll be around if you're if this is 2023 i'm still i'm still here i'm still doing it exactly and i'm i won't know about them or know of them but I know that it will change their life and that I, I know that for a fact because years ago I was doing on the last day that I did a particular radio show, I had to quit because quite frankly, I ran out of money and uh, this is my favorite story of all time. And so I had did the last show and I announced that I was leaving and uh, went through all of that and stuff. And we started getting calls and getting calls and the phone lines, the phones were, I, I had no idea how many people I was actually affecting. And uh, one lady called and she said, uh, I can't believe, my name is Nancy, I'm from Bainbridge Island, I can't believe that you're leaving. And I said, well, you know, I explained it to her and stuff. And she said, well, I just want you to know that I'm an, Al I'm an Alzheimer's caregiver and Sally is sitting right here and you are the only one. We watch you or listen to you every day and you are the only one that reaches her. Wow. That's huge, Kevin. That 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 That's made so it. Huge. Yeah, that made it so that I had to, I had to figure out how to get back. Now the technology's here. I can do this, and I can do it well, and I can have people like you on that can impact the world. And that's that's what this is all about. So I I just want to, from the bottom of my heart, I thank you for being here. But before we go, I want to make sure that you have an opportunity to say whatever it is that you'd like my audience to know about you, about life, whatever. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, you have the ability to, um, to turn your life around and make it anything that you want. Allison Roberts is her name. 
and go to Albert, uh, AllisonRoberts.com and get all the information about everything that she's got going on. And uh, and I want to thank everybody for being on this podcast today. Allison, if you'll stay right there, I have to do this, and then I'll be right back. And and just remember, everybody, have when you when it's your last day on this planet, don't have any regrets. Leave it all on the table. Leave it all all on the field, I should say, and uh, and so that you can leave this life fulfilled and your destiny is the best that you've made it and you can make impact other people in a positive way. Uh, my name is Kevin McDonald, and thank you for listening. And Allison Roberts is right there, and, and she's going to – I'm going to make her come back onto this program. Um, I love it. On, before, before October so that we can promote it on a, on a serious level. Um, so uh, you stay right there, please. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.